Hello, 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 Healthy and Whole Marriages family. We are so grateful that you all are with us on another podcast. And we're looking forward to this conversation. We're looking forward to having a transparent conversation as we normally try to do with you guys without preparation. And tonight's conversation brought to you by Seth and Damier Rolfe. Um, the couple behind Health and Whole Marriage Conferences is about provision. So before we get started, we are going to do as we normally do, pray, and then we're going to jump right in. We hope you enjoy this session. If you do, please like, share, follow. Even if you don't, please like, share, follow, because it may be encouraging to someone else you may know. So... Here we go. Father God, we thank you. We praise and bless your name for this time, this opportunity, this moment. God, we are grateful for the opportunity to come before your presence tonight and to even uh, speak about provision. And God, we pray that the words that will come out of our mouth will first come into our hearts, oh God, and will speak from our heart and that it will touch those that it needs to touch. And God, we just give you glory and honor and praise for all that will listen, all that will understand, all that will come into contact with this podcast. Have your way. It's in Jesus' name. Thank God. Amen. Amen. So provision, provision, provision. Um, We should probably share with you guys what the definition, the Webster's definition of provision is. But um, as we gather that definition for you, I, if you listen to our last podcast, of course, the way that it ended kind of was a segue for this particular topic. And so we will be talking about provision from that angle. And as you know, provision is usually a topic that is geared towards the husband in a marriage, what he can provide. Right. And... I'm going to let you go ahead and tell us what the definition is, and then I'm going to share um, something from one of our posts from social media. The action of providing or supplying something for use. The action of providing or supplying something for use is what the de- definition that Webster has for provision. I think that's very general in nature, but when we think about provision, usually in the sense, of course, of the husband, right? We think back into the traditional um, terms of it, and to some extent, even it can be archaic, because of course, nowadays, when you think of provision, you don't limit it towards a gender. So, of course, back in the day, when you think of provision, you think of a husband providing for his family. And in that providing or that provision, he's providing financially. That's usually the way that it was seen. That's usually the way that it was accepted, right? And a lot of times, unfortunately, if he was providing financially for his family, going out working, bringing home the bacon, um, all was well. You could deal with anything. You could... Yeah, anything goes as long as he's taking care of home, pretty much. And that's, of course, not 
a healthy and whole way of living. I don't think it was even then, but definitely now it's a lot less tolerable than it was before. But there's a post that we have on our Instagram. I'm sorry, before on you our get Instagram. To that, I, I think the I think you brought up a good point as it relates to where we are from a society standpoint, how these roles have changed, if you will. But I will go back even to say that some men, they just didn't receive the teaching from a father in their home about how to provide uh, for their family uh, and or they lacked good leadership, if you will, or a good role model on how to do that. So that thought of just working became something. Yeah. So wait, let me interrupt you because that's where we're going. We don't want to open that part just yet. That's what we're getting into. And so I was saying that to say, and I, that's just not traditional, right? That I think, unfortunately, that is some of um, the issues some husbands face today that they were not given Agreed. and had not seen okay. or received the proper guidance, leadership, examples, all of that. But back in the day, of course, that's, that was all that was deemed necessary, quote unquote. If you're providing financially, you're taking care of your home, yeah. then the wife should be fine. The family yeah. should be fine. Of course. Excuse me. And there should be no issues because he's doing his part. However, realistically, provision goes beyond finances. And that's the post that was on Instagram probably about a year, year and a half ago. Provision goes beyond finances. Unfortunately, men were taught. Men were taught by example. Men learned by example that provision was only financially. And so, unfortunately, you even have husbands of today that feel as though, well, I'm providing, I'm paying the bills, I'm taking care of the bills, I'm paying the mortgage, I'm doing this, that, and the other. What is your problem? And the problem is that provision is not only in finances. So I will stop there and let you share and we'll just do what we do. I think you are absolutely correct uh, in your thought process. I believe that provision have to start with you being, as the husband, the leader in the household. And that leadership uh, goes back to that Christ is the head of every man Mm -hmm. and every woman, if you will. Um, Of course, we can get into... And, and if you haven't heard the submission podcast, I would suggest you go back to that. I think we talked a little bit about the leadership in the home and submission and how that should go and from a partnership standpoint. Uh, but I think after we finish that thought, um, we have to go to Ephesians 5 and 22, where it talks about husband love your wives, just as Christ has loved the church And if we're going to be um, true leaders, it doesn't really mean that the head does not mean that the male is not dominant or any of those type of things. However, we are to serve our wives. And so that provision aspect of this goes beyond the financial 
we have to make sure that we're loving her in the right way, that we're attending unto our needs to ensure that she's healthy and whole in everything that she does. And whatever that is, we then have to become that husband that will serve his wife. And it's more than money because in some relationships, the wives are making more money than the husband. So it's not about money. It's about her needs. And if we, I believe, if if we learn to love her the right way, if we speak to her need as it relates to when we're talking about leadership, understanding that, yes, we're equal partners, but I need to love you in a way that is wholesome for you, not from what I think. So I believe that conversation should go beyond from a provision standpoint of, hey, sweetheart, what do you need from me? And if I can approach it from that perspective, I believe that we can come to what's needed. And I also would preface this information with what was said in pre-counsel prior to marriage, if you all did that. Um, If not, I think these conversations are very much important because I think it can change over the course of a marriage, whether that's the first few years into it. And you simply ask your wife, what does provision mean to you? So I'll ask you that question and understanding that, okay, if we're not talking about money, I'm saying I'm the leader, I'm the servant, I'm here to serve you, I'm here to be your love, I'm here to love you the most effective way. How do you see provision? How would you respond to that? Okay, so for me personally, is what you're asking? Yes. Um, Okay, I'll try to answer that personally. For me, provision is beyond, clearly as you all keep hearing me say this, it's beyond finances. Provision for me is providing in, in the ways that are necessary for me, that are most effective for me. So I'm going to see you as needing to provide security. That security is going to include financially, right? So that I won't be concerned about whether or not we can pay the bills. And if I need to join forces, if you will, with you to ensure that we can meet the financial needs um, that we have. Mm -hmm. But also, are you providing for me emotionally? Are you there for me when I need you? If I'm having a bad day, if uh, my, my family is sick, my parents are sick, or there's a death in the family, am I able to rely on you to provide that security and that safety to in that time of need? Are you providing for me spiritually? Are you praying for me? Are you um, shielding me in the sense of she's going out in the world or she's facing certain things and I need to make sure that she knows that I'm praying for her, I'm praying with her, I'm praying over her. Um, provision is covering a gamut of things and it cannot be limited to the finances because I think as you see it, which was definitely key, nowadays it's too dangerous to beat your chest as a man and say I'm wearing the pants and I'm providing financially because nowadays women are making and can make, right? We have the capacity to make more than 
just as much. And so when you argue that and you stand in there, you beat on your chest about that, and that's the only thing you have to right. hang your hat on, that's, that's your argument as why she may need you, then you're, you may as well be completely naked because then what? You know, and I think that's where, where some of the problems come in when that discussion of provision comes up because you feel like that's all you have. And it's unfortunate that most husbands, well, some husbands, I'll say nowadays, feel that that's still something they can hang their hat on. And that leaves you as a shallow husband. Like, what's the point in you being here? Well, I, I really believe that leaves the husband vulnerable because, again, it's it's to me the way our society has pictured what provision is to them, and that's what I I ask that question. What does it mean to you? Because I believe that's the question that the husband should ask uh, uh, yeah. outside of what what. If it's not money, babe, what do you need from me? And and again, um, that's why I, I thought, or that's why I think you have to have a relationship with Christ to be the leader, spiritual leader, especially of your home, in order to focus in on how to lead your family. Absolutely. If If I love you, great. But if I can't lead you spiritually, there will be something that's beyond who we are Absolutely. that we're going to have to lean upon. Absolutely. And I believe that's the husband's job to really focus in on what can we do to ensure that this home is covered by Christ. Mm-hmm. I believe that you have to, as a husband, to consecrate yourself to understand that your job is is to cover your home and, and really what you spoke about, you know, for her, over her, and praying with her. I believe something that we've done just recently here is to uh, fast together. I believe that that's brought us closer together, uh, where it kind of breaks down um, the frustration of whatever has happened over the week, or when we put those things before Christ. As we lead or lean on him in that way, he shows us what we can do in order for us to make this relationship work. Mm -hmm. To me, that's ultimate to have a spiritual connection. And I believe the secondary part of what you talked about or you said at first, which is emotional. Wait, let me interrupt on the spiritual. I will add in addition to that for me personally, and I believe it's essential anyway in any marriage is the, and I think you kind of touched on it when talking about the servanthood, but spiritually as a leader, and you say that, and I know for some wives or women, they may be like, oh my gosh, why does he have to be the lead or the head? I mean, you know, it's there, it's in the Bible, but the the beauty of it is that he is following Christ. Yeah. He should be following Christ. And so if he's doing that, Right. It's and easy. you have made the choice and the decision to marry this person, right? To have a spouse, to have a husband. Um, biblically speaking, that person, that husband is supposed to be, therefore, leading, right? And if provisionally, 
you have made this decision that he's the husband he's going to lead, then you provisionally are expecting him to provide in the sense of direction. Mm. And he can't provide, a husband can't provide direction if, like they say, the blind leading the blind, right? right? So I'm expecting and I'm expected at this point as your wife to follow you. But if you're not following Christ and I'm not following, I'm not also still consecrating myself before Christ, then it is a blind leading the blind situation. Mm -hmm. I believe God will halt me to an extent and say, hold up, you know, I know I see it and you're doing right. You're doing your part. He don't know what he's doing right now. He, he, he going down, you know, a rabbit hole and I need you to hold on and just pray for him because in a second I'm going to bring him back to you to be like okay I made a mistake now I got it together and we're gonna yes now follow me for real this time mm-hmm. um, so in the sense of um, the spiritual part yeah. that definitely has to be at the top of the spiritual category of him following the Christ so that he can provide proper not just adequate or sufficient but provide the direction he's supposed to provide because God is not going to lead you wrong. God is not going to lead him wrong and therefore he should not be leading you wrong in that sense. Amen. You said emotionally. Well, let let me, since you said that, I I wanted to also read a scripture, 1 Timothy 5 and 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith. And is worse than an unbeliever. Mm. Providing for wives, men, providing for your wife uh, is first to help her meet her spiritual need. It's imperative uh, that you have a unique relationship. And I, I believe that it has to go the spiritual route first because... My second point was the emotion, and your first point was emotion regarding. It's hard for me to emotionally connect with Damia if I don't understand the spiritual aspect because I'm not super emotional as a male, and that's now how God made us. Uh, he made men differently, and if I don't understand the sensitivity of the spiritual. I can't respond appropriately to your emotion. Mm-hmm. And so I need that insight from God. I need that information about my wife so I can serve her emotionally. That To me, that's paramount uh, for me to be able to provide in an emotional, to uplift in an emotional way. It's important that I have a relationship so I can understand the different emotions because you guys are going to have emotions every day and you all go through different emotions. And I, I said this Wait, just are today. are you speaking generally? No, or I'm just talking about wives, I'm, women. Wives, women, you. Oh, so you are speaking yeah, generally I'm, as far as generally women. Generally and you. Okay. But I think you all go through different emotions. Mm-hmm. And what I was about to say was regarding. Uh, I was having a conversation earlier tonight and we talked about um, a smaller um, 
confrontation, disagreement, however you want to put it. But it was because I wasn't sensitive to your emotional hurt. It was, hey, I said it. I kind of moved on from it. He was like, well, Seth is actually deeper than what just those couple of words that you said. I need you to understand this. And I had to find myself going back to God. Well, first, I apologize to you, but I had to find myself going back to God and saying, "Okay, Lord, I don't I don't understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm not receiving her in this emotional way. What can I do to ensure that I receive her on a level playing field so I can grow instead of being dismissive uh, regarding that. So to me, that was a prime example of if I didn't have the spiritual connection, I wasn't able to go back in and express myself to Christ regarding the emotion and then respond to you in an amicable way so we can discuss this without you being upset that I didn't hear you out on this situation. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I'm going to add to it and saying, again, of course, the topic being provisional or provision, right? And so provision also includes providing a safe place, Mm -hmm. safe place emotionally, safe place physically. And with a safe place emotionally, then there needs to be, that needs to be on both parts. Mm -hmm. That needs to be, I feel safe enough to you to, with you to tell you the truth, to share those emotions, to share with you that what you said or did offended me and not feel as though, you know, I'm going to be ridiculed or shamed for those feelings. Or again, as you stated, um, those feelings being received or not received and Mm -hmm. you're being dismissive towards those feelings. Um, So all of that goes into play with provision on the emotional side as well. I just don't want people, not just husbands, people to minimize it. And for husbands looking at wives feeling like, well, I'm providing financially, that's never all. That's never going to be all. Not not for a, And it's not enough, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's not enough because I'll take this step in, in the emotional sense. If if you know that you are to love your wife and that means I need you provisionally, I need you to provide times, areas, spaces, occasions for me to feel that love. That may mean quality time. That may mean the dreaded sit with me while I watch this Hallmark or Lifetime movie. And so that I can feel loved in that sense. That may feel, you know, like a hug or whatever and you're providing me what I need at that time. You're providing for me the security I need. And it's not just something to turn your nose up at because here we go. I mean, truth be told, at the end of it all, at the end of the day, in the middle of the day, whenever it is, you're probably going to want her to provide for you sexually, right? Amen. And that shouldn't be one-sided. True. However, because most often than not, a woman is made up emotionally then if she's feeling safe emotionally then her guard is down and she's vulnerable enough to feel safe enough to 
not only receive from you sexually, but also to be free enough to give to you sexually. And so the the provision is going to be holistically uh, uh, beneficial all the way around, and it it should be gender neutral, but it never should be limited to finances. Because if your wife is able to provide more financially and that's all you're hanging your hat on, your entire marriage is going to be a strain because you can't figure out another way to provide. Okay, so this makes me think of you sharing the stories that of your struggle at one point in that of having that mentality when you lost your job right, right after, um, well, yeah, right before. Yeah. yeah, we knew it was coming right before we had our first child, uh-huh. and he, who's seven now. Um, just a little backstory to that. He had started a job the year prior, and they sought him, um, came to him, courted him, pulled him from another location, and promised that they would be able to maintain the salary that he was receiving. Get to this new place, everything's going well, up until May. May we find out we are three months into getting ready to have a child, and let's see what's going to happen next. We start house hunting house hunting mm-hmm. in August. We move into a new house and in I'm sorry, not August. Let me back up before we get to August. In June he has an accident related to something he was doing for the job. And then in August we get the house. We get start moving into the new house. I'm due in November in October, they say, hey, we appreciate all you've done for us. We think we got it from here. And um, thank y'all for coming out. God bless and good night. Just a, three weeks literally after that, I have Landon, our first child. And Seth has to sit home. Everything that we had planned went out the door because he didn't plan on being at home. He didn't plan on sitting home and not being employed. And I didn't plan on going back early to work when after having our first child. So that's what had to happen. And of course, no one anticipated that he wouldn't be able to find a job in the field as quickly as he had wanted. So that required him being, or required you being at home for a significant period of time, about six to nine months. It's close to um, a year. Well, not quite because you were being courted right before oh. that. And so that's how we ended up here in um, Atlanta. But at around that time or within that time period, you were you've shared how difficult it was that you were not providing and you were not yeah. able to provide. Yeah. And I think as we, that brings us, back to the beginning of the conversation as well of how men often learn and see and mm-hmm. and hold on to the fact that that's what makes you yeah I, I think that 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 is paramount I, I also feel that you were very gracious to um, not only going back to work but to allow me to wait on the right opportunity. And that provision couldn't have been financially at that point. 
It had to be emotional. It had to be spiritual. It had to be something that had just morphed into life, this little body, and we still didn't have anybody to be there with him. And there was a difference. And I had to change my mindset because, of course, you know, I was terrified, not only being there at the house with him, but terrified that I couldn't work uh, because that was my mentality. My father had six children and he always worked. That was his thing. But he also had emotional connection with my mom. He also had the spiritual connection with my mom. And I think that part helped me, but I couldn't see past finances. And I think that is a very good thought process when you're thinking about provision. You don't really know how you will respond until you ask these questions or really go through. And it was a really big testing of my faith. And I have to be honest, I failed in a lot of ways because I saw provision as finances in a lot of respects. Um, We were doing very well, and I depended upon that. And I believe that's the biggest mistake that you can make is to focus solely on finances from a provisionary standpoint. Because when it does happen, does your marriage then fall fall apart? And I'm, I'm thankful to say that it didn't fall apart. And we were able to work through those, uh, that process. And now um, things are very different. Um, and so I think the part of that is be mindful. Uh, be very cautious when you're talking about provision. Have real conversations with your spouse regarding provision. Allow her to tell you what provision means to her and develop a relationship with Christ so you can be the leader and so you can be the lover, so you can be the servant leader that your wife so desperately needs in order for the union to work in the way that it needs to work. I love that. I totally agree um, with what you said, but totally love just the simplicity of ask, right? Ask what provision means to your spouse. It's so essential because every marriage is unique, just like every person is unique and every person in the marriage is unique. And so once you sit down and you have that communication, that conversation about what does this look like for you? And believe it or not, it's probably this moment that we've actually fully even asked that question, right? Ever sat down and dealt with that question before. But I do agree with you that it should be one of those premarital counseling questions. Um, And that's a conversation for another day as well, pre-marriage counseling. But... If you're able to have that conversation, then I think you're adequately prepared for the possibility of if something happens and the person is not able to provide in the way that you all are uh-huh. expecting or used to, what does this look like for yeah. us? I think it protects you all from tossing around, well, I'm making more money than you. Uh-huh. 
Mm-hmm. Um, now that you lost your job, well, I'm the breadwinner. When you're able to sit down and say provision means this, 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 and this mm-hmm. for me and for our marriage, then you are, I think, going to be stronger. Yeah, you'll be, be- better equipped. Yeah, sure. better equipped if something happens financially, but just better equipped holistically because through communication, you know what you need to do to have that healthy and whole marriage. You know what's going to work for you. At least you have a starting ground. At least you have a foundation on what's going to work for you guys. And another thing you said that I think is very important, and it goes towards what you saw. And I'll speak generally, right? What we see our parents do, what we've seen of our parents. Now, specifically, you spoke of, that's what you saw your dad working all the time. That's what I saw my dad doing, working all the time. And then you knew that he had those additional connections with your mom. However, that's not probably something you truly understood and appreciated until you got older. But you understood that the work aspect of it more younger, right? Because there were requirements that you understood, well, dad has to work, this, that, and the other. And so with that, I will say... I really, just to interject there, I really didn't understand the emotional and the spiritual aspect of provision until I got married. Mm -hmm. That's when it happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem (laughs) in a lot of respects because what happened is I was shown one way, role model aspect, and although he did those other things, that wasn't the strong point. The strong point was we have six children, I have to work. And so that's what was in my mind. I have to work. We didn't have six children. Uh, We didn't even have one child. But work, work, work was in my mind. And that's to me, was the backbone of what it meant to be a provider for the family because of the situation that I was a part of. But again, you said this very eloquently, it may not be what's in your relationship, though. Right. And right. I think that's that's key. Uh, these authentic conversations regarding anything, it doesn't matter if it's provision, whether it's regarding sex or communication or finance or whatever it is, they have to take place. They have to take place because these breakdowns will happen in your relationship. The problem happened the catastrophic issues come when we're not prepared for them. So if you don't talk about them, if you don't say, okay, what happens if I lose my job? You know, nobody plans on losing their job and they've been there and all of this time they have all of this recognition going on. Nobody plans for that. Well, nobody plans for Um, not to have enough in their life either, you know, financially. Yeah, we can put away savings and all of those things, but the focus is is that we we have to talk about sometimes the what-ifs to ensure that we're adequately prepared for when these situations come up. And they may not look exactly the same in our household. Yeah, I thought it was crazy how... A month before our child was born, these folks let me go. And they know 
that we're getting ready to have a child. Who does that? That's that. I had to get over the anger of that first. I was furious because I was thinking in my mind, this is my livelihood. So I, I think when you have those conversations, when you sit down and really understand what provision means to you and what provision means to your spouse, that's when true relationship, true marriage, wholeness, healthiness of marriage takes place. Yeah. So what I was, I'm going to go back to what I was saying um, and use that part as a segue in that we do have to understand that husband does not mean provider in the sense Amen. of equivalent husband means provision. There's that. Yeah. That, and, and, then putting another equal sign beside that and saying finances mm-hmm. or money. Okay. If husband is multifaceted, it means oh, so much so more than things. that. Um, but what I was going to say before was that what you saw is what you learn. What you saw the most of is what you learn. That's how children learn, right? We can say certain things to children, but they do what we show them. They don't mm-hmm. do what we say as much as they do what they see, okay? So that's why we get mad or get frustrated or fuss at children because we're telling them, well, don't do what what you see me doing. Do what I tell you to do. And they're confused, right? Right. And so if you're showing them more of one thing, but you expect them to do the other thing, it's really not a fair assessment. Same thing with marriage. So with us as married people with children, it's essential that we show them more than right we have to show them more than just you going to work we have to show them that you're praying for mom and mom is praying for dad we have to show them the other aspects that their minds are able to comprehend at whatever age right to show them this is what being a husband is this is what being a wife means this is what being a provider means and i think and to take it a little further um that's the difference between wives and girls and husbands and, and um, boys. Husbands and boys don't really get this message. Y'all aren't really taught that. Y'all just see. No one oftentimes is sitting down with you guys and saying, okay, this is what this means. Let me give you this message. Let me show you how to do this, that, and the other. But girls are taught, okay, let me show you how to cook this for your husband. Let me show you how to cook this to get a husband. Let me show you how to take care of the house so that you're doing your wifely duties. Let me show you. We're getting these messages subconsciously, subliminally, unconsciously, all throughout our lives from the jump. You're learning how to take care of the babies, all of this stuff, right? And so the unfortunate part for me is that then y'all are ready to propose to somebody, but you're not equipped to be a husband. And the only tool that you think is necessary for that role and that um, job that is a is the most important job that you'll ever have is, oh, I saw the male figure in my life go to work. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfortunate. And so for me, it's important that we train our children by how we and what we do, as well as taking the time out 
to prepare them ahead of time. And I think they'll be better equipped for when they go to premarital counseling. Prayerfully, you all will do that, not just for the sake of getting a marriage license, even if they don't require it, you to do that so that you will be better equipped. So I think definitely all you just said a few seconds ago or a few minutes ago, um, there is is paramount. Um, husband does not mean provider and provider does not mean finances. Like they're not all equivalent, mutually exclusive, all, all the ways that you want to see it as being limited in that way. It's just not, um, it doesn't work that way. And I definitely agree. Sit down, have this conversation. What does provider mean to you? And and make sure that it's a duality. One of those conversations that you're both asking the question of your spouse to ensure that this is a marriage that's going to be your marriage, a marriage that works for you. And that in coming up with that answer, it will be the healthy and whole marriage that you're seeking. Because without conversation about those topics, like you said, without having those conversations, the unexpected happens and then you're faced with things that you're not prepared for. That's right. So, um, yeah, I think that's a a beautiful thing to try to give a a couple of tips or pointers on that part to ensure that you cover, cover those grounds. But I think it was great. I think, um, your scripture references were on point too. That last one with Thessalonians, I wasn't, I don't think I was fully abreast of that one. First Timothy. I'm sorry. sorry. I always do that. First Timothy and making that connection. But, um, I think that's it. I think we covered provision. Hopefully you all, please know this with anything that we do, we are sharing from our personal experiences. We're sharing from our personal understanding of our experiences, what we've learned from our experiences and what we've learned from our reading from the Bible and its application to our lives, please check it out for yourself. Please read it for yourself. The Bible is one of those things you may have heard before. It's a living word. And it, I believe the reason why it's said to be a living word is because it consistently applies to any and every aspect of your life. You can read one scripture one day going through something and that scripture will pop up again a year later with a totally different situation and you're understanding it totally differently um and same thing goes for relationships it can apply differently so with it being a living breathing word it is breathing life consistently in your situation to provide the hope that you need so that you can endure the race till the end so go back and read it for yourself. Go back and reference it for yourself and, and see how God applies it to your life after you've heard us speak about it um, so that you will ensure you're doing all that you need to do to have the healthy and whole marriage you need. We are just trying to be the vessels that God is, has given us to be Amen. and um, praying that no matter what, your marriage wins based off of what we've learned. And on that note, We will pray at this time. Father God, we thank you for this time, this message, this moment uh, to just speak to your people regarding provision. God, help us to understand that provision is more than finances, that we stretch our communication to really embrace 
our emotions and our spiritual aspect, oh God, of provision, oh God. And even at the very least, even if it's more than that, to ask the question of our spouse to ensure that they are receiving what they need from us, oh God. Lord, we give you glory and honor and praise for this platform. We thank you for Health and Whole Marriage Conferences. We thank you for every couple that's represented here, every couple that uh, will hear this message, God. We pray that they will go away encouraged and find something that will enhance their marriage to make it just a little bit further. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. And until next time. Be healthy. Be whole. Be blessed. Blessed is our prayer for each of you. Have a wonderful day.